3: Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you, joined alongside by the magical beard of fantasy himself, Matt Franciscovich. What's up? Hey,
1: James Coe. We got football tonight. Oh,
2: man. Kind of. We have football-like substance. Come
1: on. Come on. It's football. It's football. The Hall of Fame game is tonight. Preseason
3: is underway. Uh, What is it? 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern? I think is the
2: time. Sure. Sounds sounds accurate. We we have checked out the paint on the field, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hopefully someone has. (laughs) We're going to be good this year, right? And if you get my guy Marcus Grant, what's cracking? A couple things. One, a a couple birthday shout-outs. One, a happy birthday to Matt Harmon, our our pal, uh, who got a little step closer to old yesterday. He did. Can we call him our old pal? Old pal. Um, (laughs) But also a big happy birthday to – amazing quarterback, everyone's favorite fantasy signal caller, Tyrod Taylor. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's Tyrod Taylor's.
4: My b- God.
2: Apparently somebody else is having a birthday today, too, some other NFL player. Uh, I don't know who. <laughs> haven't heard about that. But uh, but Tyrod Taylor, happy birthday, bro. Oh,
4: I mean, man. clearly there's the, we're celebrating the best quarterback of all time's birthday today, and that's, that's Tyrod true. Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Oh,
3: that's yeah. a very good point. There it is. That's a very good point. Uh, we got the WizKid from Wisconsin, Alex Gilhar. What's up?
4: Uh, just moving a little slow this morning post okay. Harmon's birthday. Uh, you know, many <laughs> beers were consumed, so they were indeed. Uh, and Brussels sprouts, and Brussels sprouts, <laughs> Brussels sprouts cake. Uh, so it's good to start out with the pot and kind of ease into the day.
3: Oh man, let me tell you something. You know, it, I I was there too, and uh, <clears throat> so I got home. Uh, it was fine, uh, but I couldn't sleep. Mm. Me neither. I don't know what it was, but I couldn't. Sl- usually, I sleep like pff, like a rock, man. Me too. But uh, so I couldn't sleep. But then. And then I finally go to bed, and it's like, I don't know, I think it's like 2. I think it's like 2 a.m. Jeez. And l- not 45 minutes goes by when Baby Code decides that she wants to have a nightmare. Oh. oh. It was <laughs> brutal. Uh, anyways, we got a great show in front of us here today. Um, we're going to be talking about the overvalued series of the gentleman here uh, in this room. Have written it's um, basically what running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks are overvalued in their minds in fantasy as we sit today. So they kind of look at uh, you know big name players, their current ADPs. Uh, Marshawn Lynch on this list, Spencer Ware on this list, Nuke Hopkins on this list. How about Derek Carr, Matt Ryan? on this list so the gentleman will explain we'll of course go back and forth we'll close out your show with a round of daily daps but we start your show and we've got a lot of them with a round <laughs> of your top headlines
2: the camera highlights in the world of sports breaking news
1: breaking news breaking news, breaking news.
0: we continue to follow breaking news we
1: watch the news because i'm a kid so y'all need to
3: have your kids has your wife All right, so we will start in the MIA. Ryan Tannehill left practice with an apparent left knee injury. I don't know if it's – again, the team is waiting for the the significance of it. They don't know if it's – well, the reason we're freaking out is because it's the same knee that he tore up uh, at the end of last year. Correct. So, uh, how severe? We're not sure, but – the team is bracing for this to be uh, a relatively significant injury. So, we're still awaiting word, but it doesn't look great. Uh gentlemen, if he does go down, uh thoughts there?
2: Uh well, I think we can, you know, cancel the Devontae Parker breakout, right? That's a good point. Um, you know, I think Jarvis Landry for the third season in a row. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> if he's not there, then I think okay. he cancel the Devontae Parker breakout. Um, you know, I mean Matt Moore obviously would slide in as the starter. Uh, I mean, but you're looking at a guy who you know, he's only been a legit full time starter once, and that was back in twenty eleven. Since then, uh, let me see if I can and do the quick math. He has played a grand total of two, four, eight, ten games since twenty eleven. Um <sighs> That's not great, Bob. Not great So, I mean, I think Jarvis Landry is still okay, but no other pass catcher is what I really concern myself with there.
4: It might add to the risk. I mean, some people are already pointing to some of the risks associated with Jay Ajayi in the first round. Right. If they've got a- – a backup quarterback in there who can't threaten defenses deep. That might add to his risk. Who is the backup there? It's Matt Moore. Matt Matt Moore. That's what you're saying. He played in the playoffs. playoffs. Last year against the Steelers. Oh, boy. I remember some Steeler player tried to erase Matt Moore from Planet Earth. Got destroyed. He survived, and he's going to be backing up Tannehill again. But I wouldn't, like, overreact to Shai, but it just will be something to bake in, you know, if you're – close between Ajayi and another player when you're drafting if there is no Tannehill. But, yeah, it sounds like they're uh, they're hoping for the best but kind of expecting the worst right now with That's Tannehill. That's what it sounds like Which right is now. not great.
3: Uh, we're taping this, by the way, Thursday morning. So, you know, a lot can change, obviously, in the next few hours here. But uh, as we sit Thursday morning, Ryan Tannehill left knee injury. Uh, signi- like, the significance of the injury is not yet known. All right, we'll go to Indianapolis. Uh, Jason LaConfora had a report that, Andrew Luck could possibly start not the preseason, not training camp, but the regular season on the PUP list, which would mean he would miss the, the season's first six games. But then there was another report that came out that basically said, no, uh, the timeline is still uh, set for Andrew Luck to return uh, you know, before the – or get taken off of the PUP list uh, before the, the team's first game. But – Man, we just keep getting these reports on Andrew
1: Luck franchise, mm-hmm. and none of them are good. No, and I feel like we talk about this every podcast, and it's like it's so mysterious. Like we're a, we're a little
4: overdue, sorry for one of these.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's right. for sure, mm-hmm. and and the fact that we don't have any clarity, I think, is the bigger red flag than anything else. And you've
3: dropped him down significantly in your quarterback ranking.
1: I think he's out of my – I think I put him into QB 12. Man. uh, Like earlier in the week. And we talked last time, like if he misses the first six weeks or however much time, can we count on T.Y. Hilton as like a borderline wide receiver one? Probably not. I would would say Dante Moncrief's value tanks as well. So – Man, that's it's uh, concerning. Yeah, Even though good. they say Luck keeps saying no reason to freak out, like right. I think the GM keeps saying he'll be ready for Week One, but there's no clarity here, and it's very concerning. All
4: right, we'll take. Uh, I want to interrupt quick because I just yeah. saw another injury popping across Twitter. Oh, Could be man. extremely minor, but Uh-oh. Corey Davis was seen walking gingerly on the sideline and oh. heading inside with trainers this morning at practice. Titans rookie wide receiver wondering, um, wondering perhaps if it's <sighs> the foot, maybe could be the foot, could be an ankle. We have no details yet, but it'll be a situation to monitor. If it's the foot, that's no good. If it's the foot, that's no good. Yeah. We'll see.
3: Uh, We'll stay with the wide receiver theme. We'll go to Houston. Will Fuller, broken collarbone, expected to miss the next two to three months. Whoa. Uh, That will take them, obviously, into the regular season. But uh, who benefits here from a fantasy perspective if Will Fuller, you know, is, is not available?
2: Braxton Miller. I think, is uh, is the guy to keep an eye on. Is
3: it Braxton Miller? Is it Jalen Strong? Who is it?
2: Uh, I would I would right now keep an eye on Braxton Miller. Okay. Um, I think yeah. he's the guy who's going to get the first shot, I would guess, at, at taking over that job if, if Will Fuller, or you know, I guess in the event that now Will Fuller is going to be gone for a while. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think he's the guy kind of to keep an eye on there. But you know, who knows? I mean, it, it could be a situation where maybe they rotate a few guys through there and maybe, maybe uh, we, we finally get a – a longer look at Jalen Strong, um, which we have been sort of chattering about for a couple of years, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I I do think it helps. It helps Nuke. It helps DeAndre Hopkins because how so? Uh, because he's the the reliable guy there. I mean, he's the guy that everybody knows about, and so if if you are down an option, why not go to the guy you know can make plays for you on a consistent basis?
1: Very good point. The Texans' depth at wide receiver is a little scary. Is it? Behind. It is. Yeah. Like Braxton Miller and Jalen Strong are the, the three and four, and then behind them it's just like guys, Justin Hardy, Wendell Williams. I don't know who Justin any Hardy. of these guys are. <laughs> well, <laughs>
3: Justin Hardy was on uh, Atlanta's wide receiving court for a long time, but uh, it's interesting. He's out of Eastern Carolina, but or East Carolina? East Carolina. East Carolina. Uh, he's out of East Carolina. He's got a lot of speed. So if they're looking for a guy to be able to stretch that field. Uh, I think this
1: is a different Justin Hardy. It out is of
2: Illinois. Oh, Hardy with two E's. Yeah. Also, oh, like the restaurant. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> like the East Coast Carl's Jr.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a concern. Like if Will Fuller is
4: gonna miss three months, I don't, I don't know what to do. Here. Wendell Williams is from small uh, University of Cumberland's. Uh, oh. Allegedly, he ran a 4.19 40-yard dash, oh, so James yikes. put him on your radar. Oh my
3: goodness! Ooh,
4: what? Uh, but he's 5'10", 186. He ran a 419? That's what uh, this YouTube headline is telling me from... The-
3: <laughs> if, if we can't trust anything. I mean... James, it's we? on the internet. It's, it's real. It's on YouTube, for God's sake. So it it's got to be, be real. real. Uh, yes, I love it. Um, yeah, it's... He's an interesting piece. Will Fuller is because if they had yeah. better quarterback play, certainly uh, he's one of those you know best ball guys. Yes, but I think he stretches the field and opens it up a lot. I think for you know somebody like Nuke as well. So I don't know. I, you guys are right. You know if he's not available, uh, it's not it's not great for the Houston Texans offense, and I wonder how that will impact. Uh, new copkins as well we'll stay with the wide receivers how about sterling shepherd he suffered a, a relatively significant ankle injury i think they're hoping it's just a sprain i think he's going in for mris today am i am i correct in
4: saying that for who Sterling, Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard. Shepard. Uh, I believe so.
3: It's a severe ankle injury uh, in, in terms of a sprain. Uh, I think that's the initial thought. Uh, X-rays came back negative, so no broken bones there. But uh, he did leave practice. <clears throat> oh, by the way, he left practice uh, and was in significant pain. But I think they're just anticipating him being out the next you know, couple or few weeks. So uh, we'll cross our fingers there and hope for the best. How about for the Ravens? Their O-line has been decimated Earlier this offseason, remember, John Urschel retired, surprisingly, and then now rookie Nico Siragusa tore up his knee. He's gone for the season. Now, why do we bring this up? Well, listen, when you lose two, and I get that John Urschel wasn't, you know, he's not a superstar, uh, Siracusa rookie, uh, again, but they were supposed to have starting roles on this offensive line, and as we sit a month away uh, from the start of the season, Baltimore's kind of scrambling around now, um, kind of looking for replacements on that O-line. Then you think about Joe Flacco missing time. Then you think about Crockett Gil- Gilmore being done for the season as well with an MCL tear. Dennis Pitta is gone. I, I mean, there's a lot of reason to worry up front for Baltimore and I wonder what that means for their pass catchers I wonder what it means for their running backs as well Alex your thoughts
4: uh I'm I'm not like uh completely panicking yet because we've seen you know offenses uh have many major issues with the offensive line but the skill position players are still able to thrive it's not like a complete uh death sentence if the offensive line is bad just last year the Seahawks had major struggles with the offensive line but Russell Wilson still performed and Jimmy Graham still performed and uh, Doug Baldwin obviously still performed. So it is starting to get to the point, though, where there are just so many injuries to this offense where you have to get a little more concerned with players at their current prices. The one I still feel the best uh, about is probably Danny Woodhead, though, because of his pass catching and red zone work and that he'll get a bunch of carries. I mean,
2: I guess my fear right now is that, look, I I know that not not everybody needs training camp and not all these guys need reps, but it would be nice to have this group, together as as they intend it to be to kind of working together and getting comfortable you know so like missing offensive linemen having Joe Flacco be less than 100 percent you know obviously we know Kenneth Dixon is gone for the year um you know it would be kind of nice to to have this whole group working together and kind of getting a feel for how they're going to distribute the ball and how this offense is going to run so I guess you know I, I know it's not a major major issue but it is something that I'm you know a little bit concerned about All right,
3: so uh, we'll go to some of these Facebook Live questions. Uh, And by the way, if you do have questions, we will try to answer as many as possible. Uh, We'll have a little bit of extra time today (laughs) because we don't have... Are you you subtweeting right now? The great filibusterer, Adam Rank, in the (laughs) house.
2: Right. That's not even a subtweet. That's an at. (laughs) Uh, uh,
3: Let's see here. Uh, We shall go to Dom Griffin. If it's not in Miami, if it's not Jay Ajayi, who could it possibly
1: be? I think he's asking a handcuff question. Is it Isaiah Pede? No. Kenyon Drake? No, it's uh, Damian Williams. Damian Williams. I believe would be the next man up. And then I think Kenyon Drake would be more of like a change of pace kind of guy. I think it would be kind of like a committee with Williams and Drake.
3: All right, there you go. Yeah. Uh, same guy, Dom Griffin. I think he's got a lot of Miami questions. He wants to know, uh, in a standard 12-team league, was would t- Ryan, uh, Ryan Tannehill even be draftable?
4: No. 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 Right. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That nope. easy. I mean, I don't know. Is, is it a super flex league? The, the quarterback position is just simply too deep. Yeah. Like, there's 15 or 16 quarterbacks that I feel very good about as, like, having as my starter, and Ryan Tannehill is not one of them. Yeah.
3: All right, there you go. Uh, Jordan Reed, uh, getting back to the rundown here. Jordan Reed uh, to see a toast specialist, and the team says there is, quote, no timetable for his return. Oh, boy, that's great to hear. (sighs) (laughs) I put out on Twitter that no timetable equals no bueno. I don't know. I'm just...
2: Well, but see, I've also read that he's day-to-day. Yeah. Which, aren't we all? (laughs) Um, Right. You know, if it were anybody else... If it weren't Jordan Reed, okay, I don't think people would be concerned. Well, I don't know. When you see a specialist, though, right? But I mean, if you like, if you weren't a player with a lengthy injury history, that's great. Point. One that everybody looks at. I mean, you know, you look at whenever we talk about Jordan Reed. Yeah, it's always the yeah, he's really good, but right. If you didn't, if he didn't have that that addendum to the analysis. Um, I don't think it would be it'd be like, hey, yeah, he's seeing a specialist, a uh, little reason to be concerned. right. Jordan Reed goes to see a specialist and everybody's throwing up skull and crossbones <laughs> and trying to figure out how to get Vernon Davis. like that's <laughs> that's just the way it works.
3: That's a good point. Um, I don't know does it We'll see how much time he
1: misses, but franchise, how are you feeling about um you know, Jordan Reed? I mean, given where you have to invest in drafting him, okay, if you want to own him this year in fantasy, I think he's the third tight end off the board, right. Uh, and like you got going, what in the pick like fifties, uh, forty four overall according to Fantasy Pro. So well, it's a middle of the fifth round. About that's okay. wait that's super early for a guy who already has a toe injury, no timetable to come back, has right. an injury history. Yes, he's an animal when he's out there. He's a beast. He's a game changer. But you can't rely on him. And to sink that kind of a pick in him, mm-hmm. you have to have a backup plan. You got to get another tight end later. And it's just kind of. Knowing that he's already banged up, it's just not, not uh, great. Not not great, Bob. Alright, there you go. Uh
3: how about in LA? Lance Dunbar out indefinitely with a knee injury. He was kind of a am I, I, I think I'm saying this correctly. I think he was a, a darling among fantasy hipsters.
4: Maybe <laughs> yeah. Lance Dunbar? Lance Dunbar. A little bit
3: (laughs) because of his pass catching ability and, and, you know, in how he was anticipated to be utilized there uh, behind Todd Gurley. But he's out indefinitely now with a knee injury. Uh, The reports are Malcolm Brown is is the clear backup there to Todd Gurley. But what does it mean for Todd Gurley in terms of the passing game, Alex Gilhart?
4: Well, I mean, the big question was if he was going to be able to continue seeing that work. He saw over fifty targets last year. It was the only thing, legitimately, like the only thing that kept him fantasy viable after, uh, you know, his the running game went to complete poop in uh, Los Angeles last year. So, if he's able to keep that, that's going to give him a more uh, a safer weekly floor because the Rams could be behind a fair amount. Sorry, Rams fans, but it's true, uh, and they'll need to be throwing the ball more to uh, to stay in games. So. It's a decent sign for right now, especially because it seemed like, you know, popular wisdom was that uh, Sean McVay wanted Dunbar to be his West Coast Chris Thompson. But right, right. that passing game work really, really has an impact on uh, running backs like Todd Gurley.
3: And it's just good to keep in mind, by the way, that Malcolm Brown is the clear-cut handcuff uh, to Todd Gurley as well. We'll stay in L.A. I was going to say stay in Southern California, but really, <laughs> no, we'll just stay in L.A. Well, I mean, are so.
4: still staying in Southern California. I mean,
3: technically we're going to...
4: You know Orange County. Down <laughs> anytime
2: I, anytime
3: I see technical. the chart, anytime I put the Chargers in my rundown, I'm like, okay, what am I gonna say? <laughs> am I gonna say San Diego? Where are these guys located? I don't know. Whatever. Bottom line is the Chargers. Uh, their second round pick, man. I, I mean,
4: this team is cursed. <sighs> yeah.
2: Forced terrible. lamp, torn ACL. He gone. Yep. I mean, look, you like to see teams compete. Oh competing in training camp, but right now the the Chargers and Ravens are in the wrong competition.
1: Yeah, they should just combine their team. They are in
2: the wrong co- they are they seem to be challenging, one-upping each other on who can have the most injuries. It's, it's terrible, so bad, man. awful.
3: It's so bad. Um I don't know and again, he's a rookie, he's an offensive guard. Um but the Chargers had some real offensive line issues last year. And you know, when you start thinking about Philip Rivers getting up there, and, well first of all, Philip Rivers just got Beat up last year, so um, you know if you're hoping for a Keenan Allen comeback season, if you're hoping for uh, you know Tyrell Williams, you need to have Philip Rivers out there. And plus, for Melvin Gordon, you'd like to see him get a little bit of help up front as well. I, we'll start with Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, obviously Forrest Lamp, a second round pick, they had high aspirations for him. Uh, franchise, your thoughts on how this might impact that run game?
1: I don't think uh, we should take it too much too heavily I think Melvin Gordon's still going to be a beast I'm still I'm not like dropping him I think he should still be drafted where he's being drafted borderline first round running back guy Mm -hmm. I'm not too concerned I think they can plug in a veteran there. I mean, like you said, he was a rookie. He's probably who knows if he was actually going to start. I don't really know. Yeah, but was probably – I mean, at
3: least you, you're going to pencil that guy in as a rotational player. Right. But good depth either way. And like I said, the, the – San Diego. The the L.A. offensive line uh, definitely needs help. A- MG, what right. does it mean for somebody like Keenan Allen, though? Uh, in, in particular, what does it mean for uh, Phillip
2: Rivers? Um, Well, I don't know. I mean, at this point, if you're Philip Rivers, you've – Haven't you learned to sort of cope with this? I mean, I think he has. Right, like he doesn't. You know, I'm sure he doesn't like it. I'm sure he'd prefer that he has all his guys healthy. But you know, I think he's sort of learned how to cope. Uh, I think you know what may be different this year. I wonder if it helps Keenan Allen because short passes are going to be right. I mean, that that may have to be the way of the world for them. Is that they're going to have to throw the ball? You know, he's get Rivers is going to have to get rid of the ball quickly, and you know, we know that. Allen's game is not a speed burner. He's not necessarily a deep threat. That's not what he does well. Um, But it does make you wonder also, you know, do they try to involve Melvin Gordon more in the the short passing game? Um, You know, they they don't have Danny Woodhead now. So, you know, does this mean more Melvin Gordon? Does this mean more, you know, does Antonio Gates or or Hunter Henry get a few more looks at the tight end spot? Because if they can't protect Phillip Rivers consistently – they are going to have to figure out ways to get the ball out of his hands just to to keep him healthy all year long
3: there you go in green bay jamal williams i put this on the rundown because franchise had i mean the funniest <laughs> photoshop <laughs> Picture funny, but
4: also like
1: the worst Photoshop. Well, it was I did it in MS Paint. That's my (laughs) I don't have Photoshop skills, so I just go in MS Paint and like trace around. We'll
3: start with the story. Jamal Williams was getting first team reps in Green Bay. What does it mean for Ty Montgomery? But again, if you
1: haven't seen this.
4: Go it's, to franchise's uh, Twitter. Go yeah. Go <laughs> to franchise's basically, Twitter.
1: So that photo is from Jamal Williams at the rookie premiere when they take the group shot of all the rookies. Okay. And he was blinking but like looking up at the sun so it looks like his eyes are closed as he looks at the sun. So I but you
3: basically just Rough ripped out the headshot.
1: Yeah. And put it like rising. <laughs> I put put it over a photo of like sun beaming down out of the clouds, like he's rising up into <laughs> heaven with his eyes closed. Oh my god! Uh, I got a good I got a
3: good LOL out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that was solid. Good stuff. All right, so Jamal Williams, though, and, and you know you've written about Jamal Williams.
1: Yes, I I loved him as a prospect. There you go. Uh, and he's coming out of school, NFL ready. Back was a workhorse uh, for four seasons at BYU. Uh, really mature guy, uh, works hard and. What we saw yesterday is he was getting first team reps with the Packers in camp because of his pass protection skills, Mm. which is something that kept Ty Montgomery off the field late last year and is why the Packers are starting to use Aaron Ripkowski more um, because Ty Montgomery lacked in that department. I think he worked on it this offseason. But Jamal Williams' college tape, he's really good at pass protection. I think one of the reasons they drafted him to protect Aaron Rodgers. Um, And I think Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams can both thrive there in Green Bay. Uh,
3: What do you think about Ty Montgomery's draft price right now? You're going to have to invest, you know, a top 40 pick, top 50 pick for sure uh, to get the services of Ty Montgomery uh, too rich for your blood franchise?
1: No, I love it. I'll take him where he's going all day. I think uh, late fifth round. And with his upside as a pass catcher out of the backfield, and he's a tackle breaker, and he's slippery, and he's fast, and uh, I'll take him there all day.
3: I would be remiss in not asking Alex Gellar his thoughts on the Green Bay backfield.
4: I, buddy. I also I – well, like this story, I read into it kind of – this almost feels like the type of thing coaches do to push the guy they want to actually be the starter. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Because he's, he's, he's been – they've all been saying the whole time, you're the guy, he's getting the first team reps, needs to improve his pass protection, but – we're just gonna throw this rookie in who happens to be good at pass <laughs> protection. So don't mess up and keep getting better at that, Ty. Right. Okay, all it's, right. It's it's a it's a first team rep in an early August practice. Yeah. I'm not gonna go no reason to freak it. out. No.
3: Okay. So there you go. All right. Let's uh, move on to the overvalued series here. Uh, the gentlemen in the room have written uh, their takes on players they believe, given their current ADP, are overvalued. In fantasy, and we'll start at the running back position. Franchise wrote this Yo. piece. Uh, you you say that Marshawn Lynch, who has an ADP in the top 25, he is a top 10 running back being drafted right now. You're saying Marshawn Lynch
1: is over drafted. Why? Because is he a top 10 running back? He's not in his prime anymore. No, he is People not. are drafting him like it's 2014. The guy's 31 years old. He's got tons of wear and tear on his body, mm-hmm. which is what he – Temporarily retired for because his body was so torn up. And now, yeah, he's back with the Raiders, but we've already seen blurbs come out that they're going to try to limit his workload to under 200 carries. So he's got a cap on the volume. They have two ta- talented, young, quick guys behind him. And yeah, he'll probably be the goal line guy, the short yardage guy, mm-hmm. the plow. He has some touchdown upside, but given his volume cap, he's not a good, he's not. They're going to be used as a pass catching back. I just think it's way too early to be drafting him as like a top 10 guy.
3: I feel as if people are drafting him as a top 10 RB. And again, I and I contend your assertion that they're drafting him like 2014 yeah. beast mode. You know what I'm saying? Because if this was 2014 beast mode behind this offensive line, oh, forget it. he be like five a top three. P- he's a top five pick right, all day right, long. Right. But what I'll say is I, I feel as if people are drafting him as a top 10 RB because they feel like he's got a pretty safe floor. Right. He's got a great offensive line, and here's the funny thing about Caps is that they go right out the window in competitive games, and if the Oakland Raiders are going to be in a lot of competitive games in that division, I think they will be. Uh, I- I think Jack Del Rio is going to have a really hard time putting Marshawn Lynch on his bench, thinking,
1: "Well, we got to limit this guy's workload." You know what right. I'm saying? But are you willing to take the risk on a guy whose biggest question mark is how much gas does he have left in the tank? Yeah. How long is yeah, he going to last? No, that early injury. And draft. especially
2: with his running style, you know, I, I know, I know, I, yeah. know I know, Raiders, point. I know good Raiders point. fans like to to dump on Latavius Murray and talk about how he you know, avoided contact and ran out of bounds. Yeah, maybe. But it also, you know, preserves you a little bit more. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is a physical runner who does not shy away from contact. Oh, yeah. And that adds up. That takes a toll after a while.
3: All right. You also say Spencer Ware being overdrafted right now, ADP uh, in the top 40. Yep. RB 18. So he's being drafted as a running back two in most
1: leagues. Why Spencer Ware? You know who led the Kansas City Chiefs in rushing touchdowns last year? Alex Smith? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) When you pose that question, I'm like, it's got to be Alex Smith. Spencer Ware had three rushing touchdowns. He had a good first half. Interesting. Then he had a concussion, and he came back and just, like, wasn't the same guy. Mm -hmm. And people are drafting him like he's going to be the guy there. But Kareem Hunt, who's a rookie, uh, is in a stiff competition with him in camp, and Kareem Hunt is a talented kid. Yeah. I know Marcus really likes him, loves he's got, him. He's got great balance. He's got a three down skill set, and this is a camp battle. And I don't think you can sink a fifth round pick into a guy like Ware, thinking he'll be your RB two all season, when you got a guy like Ware right behind or uh, Hunt right behind him.
3: Gail, Hart, am I crazy in thinking that Andy Reid doesn't really employ that much of a committee? So that what I'm, what my thought process is here is if Kareem Hunt. Is able to win that starting job? Will I mean? Will they use both backs? I'm sure they will, but my initial thought is that Andy Reid will actually lean heavily towards his his quote unquote starter.
4: Yeah, I I just I think this is gonna be Spencer Ware still. I have a hard time thinking that Kareem Hunt's gonna come in and just rip this entire job away. Like we get into this this well, I don't know what I want to call it a situation every August where we're mm-hmm. like. Wow, middle to late round rookie gonna come in, steal the job from established veteran. It was DeVonte Booker last year. It's everybody. It's everybody. every year. Yeah, it's and true. I I mean, I think I think Spencer Ware is at an okay price uh right now in drafts. No. Um No. No. Nope. No, no. <laughs> <franchise> says. Nope. <laughs> uh I mean, sure, Kareem Hunt could come in and, and steal his job, but I just I just think Andy Reid has a history like you said James of kind of featuring more, you know, more so one back primarily. Yeah. Spencer Ware has been in the offense for a while. They know him. He's been very good when he's been healthy. Had a little, had a few injury concerns last year, but yeah, I just, I just think he's, I think this is still his job.
1: One more thing that concerns me is Spencer Ware was huge in the first half of the season because of his involvement as a pass catcher. He averaged thirty-nine point one receiving yards per game weeks one through eight, and I think he had like a hundred something yards in week one. And we were like, oh my god, Spencer yeah. Ware can catch passes. Oh yeah. Cool. oh yeah. And then weeks 10 through 17, he only averaged 16.7 receiving yards per game. So I think because of uh, Kareem Hunt's skill set, he's a talented pass catcher too. That's also a red flag for me. Like you said, may- maybe Andy Reid isn't a committee guy, but if you have a guy who's much better than your starter at pass catching, that's going to limit workload. They'll mix his him in. Yeah. yeah.
3: They'll mix him in. Yeah. I see it. Um, All right, let's go to the old Facebook Live. Jordy Nelson or Antonio Brown? This question comes from Sergio. We'll go around the horn. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Jordy Nelson or Antonio Brown? What? AB.
1: Brown, it's Brown. It's Antonio Brown. Brown, it's Brown. Okay, it's all it's all Brown all day long.
3: All right, so uh, we'll move on. Uh, Hart, give me your take on Nuke Hopkins, who's being drafted 28th overall. Your wide receiver 12. You're saying Nuke Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, there in Houston, overvalued. Why?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, of course, my my dumb luck. I put out this <laughs> stupid article <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Before Brian- Well, was. no, I have Before. DeAndre Hopkins and Brandon Marshall on it, and then wide two the two wide oh, receivers right next to them both. <laughs> Curse them. <laughs> However, even still, uh, I just feel DeAndre, The biggest problem with drafting DeAndre Hopkins as wide receiver twelve is you're taking him at like his absolute ceiling right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are you? Yes. <laughs> I mean, he okay. So he had his one his one great year where he was like you know he's like wide receiver six. Other than that, he's been kind of in the wide receiver like ten to fifteen range. Or gasp, last year like wide receiver thirty six or whatever. Yikes. That year he finished as the wide receiver six. He had a ton of volume. Over 180 targets, and right. that's just not how the Texans operate when they're winning. Okay. They have a good defense. They like to run the ball, control the clock. When they when they started winning games that season, too, Nuke Hopkins' targets per year. I mean, Harmon and I know talked about this last off season. His targets per game dropped from like 14 to eight over the course of the season. Like that's that's a huge amount of targets to lose per game. So he's still going to have a good year. He's an extremely talented receiver. He's going to lead that team in targets. Right. Probably going to get you know 25 percent of the team targets, but you're trying you're drafting a wide receiver like that on a low scoring offense that's going to be either starting Tom Savage or a rookie quarterback. Like taking him at wide receiver 12 is outrageous when there are other players around there. Like I think what what I say in the article too is I kind of project like if you project a solid season for him, like 1100 yards, march to 1100 and like seven touchdowns. It's very it's a very solid season. Yeah. On a typical wide receiver scoring year that puts him more in the wide receiver 17 to 20 range. Okay. Not wide receiver 12.
3: I I mean, you're definitely drafting him on upside, but I I don't know, man. I don't necessarily agree that he is being priced at his absolute ceiling because his absolute ceiling we saw. In 2015. 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns.
4: In, a, in that's, a very different offense. Yeah. I mean,
3: who was chucking him the ball? Brian Hoyer? Brian Hoyer. I mean,
4: I don't know. But I, also, like I said, they, that was all. A lot of that season was baked into the early portion of the year with it him, was. with him getting.
3: Yeah, he was getting pounded 15, with targets. 16 yeah.
4: targets a game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's only getting eight to ten targets a game, that's still solid, but like you're not gonna have the you're not gonna be able to hit that crazy ceiling we used to see. right. Which is why I think he's being like right now, like him finishing at wide receiver twelve seems like a realistic thing, but it's also at the top of his range of outcomes.
3: Obviously you're tapped into the Packers. You put Devontae Adams here as a wide receiver that is overvalued. He's got an ADP in in your top forty. He's being drafted as your wide receiver nineteen why is Devontae Adams, who had, what, uh, 9 touchdowns? 12 touchdowns. 12 touchdowns, touchdowns last year.
4: 997 receiving uh, yards.
3: 1,000 yards in
4: and in 12
3: touchdowns. How is he being overvalued in your mind?
4: The big problem with Devontae Adams is that this the Packers offense, as we know, is loaded. They've got Jordy, mm-hmm. uh, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, too, last year. Um, he was banged up last year. He only missed three games, but if you go back and look at all the injuries he played through, yep. it was – ankle, yep. hamstring, That's right. neck, back, like a lot of games he was not full strength. And in the past, um, Devontae Adams thrived. He got seven of his 12 touchdowns in the red zone. Jordy Ellison is the only sure thing with Aaron Rodgers in the red zone. He's, since 2013, commanded nearly 30% of all his red zone looks. But also in that time zone when Cobb was healthy, he averaged close to 24% of Rodgers' red zone looks. And Devontae Adams last year had about 20 so the big trouble is if you take away a chunk of that pie and give yeah. it to Martellus Bennett, yeah. as you've been high on, or Randall Cobb. <laughs> Let's go. All all of a R- sudden, D-D. like Devonte Adams is, because uh, he only he had fewer than a thousand yards. His fantasy output was dependent on touchdowns, and if you take was. if you you're take right. away even you know a a small, like four touchdowns from him, that's that's a lot to lose when you're drafting him as the wide receiver 19. So I just think he's he's a, he's going to be a he'll be a decent and fantasy relevant player, but right now same thing we're taking him at that ceiling, expecting double digit touchdowns, and it's likely not going to happen. If there is one quarterback in the league who could float multiple receivers and a tight end with double digit touchdowns, <laughs> it's, it's Aaron Rodgers, but he's, he spreads that ball around uh, <laughs> after point. Jordy. So that's that's just my concern with Adams there.
3: All right, uh, we'll go to the quarterback position now. MG, my guy Marcus Grant wrote this piece. You've got Matt Ryan, who last year was one of the best in the game, man. ADP, Uh, He's going in the sixth round. Why do you say Matt Ryan is being overvalued in fantasy?
2: Because not only was he one of the best in the game, I mean, he literally had a career year last year. I mean, you know, he had. I I, I know you don't get fantasy points for passer rating, but his single-season passer rating last year ranks fifth all-time. Awesome. That's a hard number to duplicate. I mean, everything not only went up, his touchdown percentage, not only went up, it nearly doubled. I mean, these are numbers that are going to be hard for him to duplicate. He's also going to have to try to do it with a new offensive coordinator. You know, he's got Steve Sarkeesian in there now as opposed to Kyle Shanahan. So there will be some changes. There will be some hiccups. And I, I, I'm not saying Matt Ryan's going to be trash this year, but he's going to take a step back. You know, it's it It's sort of the Michael Fabiano, beware the magical season theory a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Is he a top five quarterback? No, no, I don't. Wow. Wow. I think I maybe I have him at five or six,
4: but I don't know. It's I it's, think I have him at six. Um, <laughs> it's not like that was a massive. I love it. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> like you if he's a top five quarterback and I said, no, <laughs> I, like
2: it. I like it. So, I mean, just but if, if you're going to go out and right now, I know, I think fantasy football calculator has him going in the sixth round, early sixth round. Um, I just think hell there, nah. there are other guys who could give you I think equal or better production that you can get far far later in yeah. the draft
3: okay uh if I could stick up for Matt Ryan a bit okay I just feel like he was for the early part of his career stuck in a you know very old school offense right like the Mike Smith offense very old school and I think he had, they modernized his game quite a bit he's always had the skill set and when I look at You know, think about where he was drafted. I mean, sky was the limit for him when he was coming into, uh, into the draft out of Boston College. But he's got a big arm, big tall. You know, obviously lanky quarterback. Um, And I just look at the personnel. Nothing's really changed. I mean, I get that they're changing offensive coordinators, but they're generally going to keep that same offense. I don't see a lot of changes in Atlanta. And and I agree with you. I don't think he's going to have the season he had last year. But Given that he's got all of these guys, I just I like him. I think he's one of the safer quarterbacks uh, that you could take. And if you're getting this guy in the sixth or seventh round, I don't hate it. I he's, don't hate it. He's
4: safer, but he's going to be safe in the Matt Ryan that we saw for several years, where he's going to get you the Matt me- like
2: Met Ryan. Me- he's going to get me- you 4,300
4: yards and 28 touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which is which is it, those are good stats, but like in fantasy, you want somebody with like higher week so if you want to you know go to bed with a warm glass of milk every night and get your 16 quarterback points from Matt Ryan <laughs> sure that's but don't that's why I'm not I'm with Marcus on this I'm not in on that in the sixth or seventh round like I mean, wait get anybody else yeah, you
1: can get Kirk Cousins in
4: like the ninth round and he'll give you the same numbers get Andy Dalton later get Tyrod Taylor yeah. get Marcus Mariota get, okay. get Derek Carr even get James Winston get Matt Stafford
3: well you bring up Derek Carr Maybe don't get Derek Carr.
4: Well, that's because his ADP, cause his ADP, right ADP is, is a
3: little bit crazy. Stupid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit crazy.
3: <laughs> he's got an ADP, uh, what, late sixth, early seventh round? Right. Uh, overvalued in your mind, Marcus Grant.
2: What? Yeah. Um, I mean, so uh, look, I enjoy watching Derek Carr play. I think he's a fun quarterback to watch. But in terms of fantasy, his numbers have been fairly mediocre. I mean,. Uh, you know, he's yet to have a 4,000-yard passing season. Um, You know, the numbers just haven't been eye-popping. Some of it is just because, you know, he he's not a check-down guy necessarily, but he's also not necessarily slinging way down the field a whole lot. Um, it, it also hurts, not that it's his fault, but the Raiders have dropped a lot of passes. I mean, that's a lot of opportunity that, that literally is laying on the ground there because they're not holding on to the football. And I know, you know, I know there's the whole drops are overrated theory, but Man, it's still that's still yards that that get left out there. Indeed, because, because you didn't catch the football. Indeed. So, I mean, for him to be going where he's going, I mean, he's coming off the board as I think like the number six quarterback, and I, I just no, I, I can't I can't buy into Derek Carr being the sixth best quarterback. I mean you're telling me there're only 5 guys out there potentially better than him in fantasy football and I I can't I can't get down with that.
3: I, I don't know is what is it? Raider Raider fans driving the price up I and mean, what I mean there are Super Bowl aspirations certainly.
2: I think that has something the Raiders. to do with it. I, I really do think, you know, because they are considered a a maybe not a favorite but certainly a candidate to maybe oh, make a Super Bowl run. A contender this year. Um sure. I think you know I think people buy into that and think, well hey, yeah man, this offense with Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree and now they've got beast mode. Hey, why not? But do I, some damage, right? But I just think if we, you know, stop hyperventilating and we take a step back and look at it, we'll realize that maybe <laughs> it's not quite as as gangbusters as we want it to be. Oh, I mean, he
4: he played you know 15 games last year, and like you said, he still was shy of 4,000 yards and threw 28 touchdowns. The year before, he threw 32. I think that's we've kind of now we're looking like if you're drafting him as the sixth quarterback of the board over, you're expecting a big progression from that. And I don't know where that's going to come from. I don't know where from. it comes from. They just they coaxed Marshawn Lynch out of retirement to give themselves a more capable and you know hopefully established running game to salt away leads. It's not going to, you know, you're not going to have him slinging the rock a jillion times. Every I think game. what you guys right, are pointing to right.
3: is is more of a lower volume passing attack.
1: Right. Yes. One other point I want to make too: Oakland's defense was abysmal for. Oh, many weeks last oh, yeah. year. They were one of the worst defenses in the. I think league. the first six weeks of the of, of the year they were on like, pace to break records. Right. Yeah, right. Right, <laughs> right. Historically, right. Bad. like Saints bad. Right. And uh, I think that uh, you know, hopefully they u- upgraded in the off season. I mean, that's the idea of the off season to upgrade your weakness. Yeah, I don't know uh, if they did. So maybe, but I don't know if they did. If they did, or if even if it's gonna be a little bit better, maybe he's not like you said slinging so much later in games trying to score more points and keep up with what their defense has been giving up. Something right. something to think about. There you go. Um
3: by the way, it's a it's a series that you can find. The tight end the it's gonna cap out with the, the tight ends today, is it not?
4: Correct. So yes. overvalue tight
3: ends when look for franchises
4: uh, coming at your boy Marty B. Uh, I'm, I'm taking uh, down your uh, Marty <laughs> B uh oh here we Uh-oh. go. Uh, the other side of the here argument let baby. Let's go ready fight oh. yeah. <laughs>
1: I got some next-gen stats, bro. You're using (laughs) old-gen stats. (laughs) I'm using old-gen
3: stats. Oh, boy. NFL.com slash fantasy football to catch it there. It's right there on that fantasy homepage. NFL.com slash fantasy football to see the entire list of overvalued players. Again, at the running back, wide receiver, quarterback. And today, when you hear this podcast, it will drop. The tight ends, the overvalued tight ends, according to Matt Franciscovich, which will be entirely wrong, obviously. Oh man, entirely obviously. Every, every single one. Are you every single him one. Take news wrong. <laughs> 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 uh, I'd like to go answer a, a Facebook question here. Uh, we got a question here uh, from Richard Campa, who's been a, a you know a consistent listener of the podcast. We appreciate your patronage, Richard. Uh, ta- Terrell Pryor or Sammy Watkins? Oh. Who do you prefer? I like this Ooh, question. Ooh,
2: that's a that's a spicy. That's p- hard. Man. I like
3: this question. Terrell Pryor or Sammy Watkins? What say you, franchise?
1: I think Sammy Watkins has more upside, so I'd probably lean with him. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: I don't know if he's got more upside. I I think I go TP just because he's in a more pass-heavy there offense. There you go. They're going like now 17, you talking? seventeen, eighteen, I mean, like one pick I know. after the, the other. Because uh, the, the the Bills, I think, have. Have led the NFL in rushing back-to-back years, and I don't see them changing it significantly. I don't. I don't know what to expect in Buffalo. Washington. Washington's going to keep slinging it. Yeah. Well, we we, we know. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to keep slinging it. Oh, absolutely. And
3: all those targets have left the building. And and Tyrod or Tyrod uh, uh, Terrell Pryor certainly is going to be the beneficiary there with targets. But uh, I don't know what the hell to expect with Buffalo. Right? Sean McDermott, the the new head coach. Um, you would think that they get away from the grounded pound, but. I'm not sure. Anyways, uh, Pryor or Sammy Watkins for you, Alex
4: Kielhorn? Huh? I'd go Pryor. Wow. Um, it's it's are on an island franchise. Damn. It's close. I love Sammy Watkins. Like, I mean, Sammy Watkins would be like my I'll, next pick. I'll chill that. on Sammy Watkins Island. I'm I'm totally on board with Sammy Watkins this year. But I I also think Pryor's got a a very high achievable ceiling in the pass happy offense, and he hasn't had the injury concerns so. For me, at that point, I'd rather take him and his ceiling than a uh, little bit of the risk with Sammy. All right. Mm.
3: I like it. Let's close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. Extra,
4: extra, read all about it.
2: This hey, is the day.
4: Daps and hooks. People give me daps because I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up. Daps
2: and Daps up. All right, Daily Dap
3: time. We shall start. With MG, my guy Marcus Grant. What you got?
2: Uh, Dabbing up a couple of uh, animated shows. Okay. Rick and Morty's back, y'all. Uh, I mean, I guess they they were back, but then not back, and now they're back again. Uh, they had their season three premiere like a few months ago. They just kind of dropped it on us out of the blue, and then they said- That's pretty funny. And then they said, wait for the summer, and we'll give you the rest of the episodes. So <laughs> the rest of the episodes started uh, this past week. Um, and so I guess episode two- of the new season I uh, just premiered. It was hilarious. It's awesome. That show continues to be great. Uh, if you haven't watched Rick and Morty, you should start watching Rick and Morty okay. because it's awesome. Uh, and uh, Voltron, the legendary Defender, season three, starts tomorrow. Um, Voltron. Vol- you remember the old Voltron. Well, yeah, so I do. I, so, I'm- like, the new ones, I will say this because there are... This I is, didn't realize they had a new one. This is the third one. It's on Netflix, third okay. season. I see. Uh, the first season kind of... I felt like the first season ended at a weird place. The second season picked up and really started to advance the story. And yeah. so now there, there's some intrigue as we get to the uh, the third season. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Voltron. That, that uh, drops. It drops on Netflix, I believe, tomorrow. Season I was
3: three. not ready for that. There you go. Okay.
1: I'm wearing a Donkey Kong shirt, and I was not ready for that <laughs> multiple <laughs> reference. Uh, franchise, what do you got? I'm sticking to football with my daily daps. <laughs> so there's uh, an article on the Newstribune.com by Greg Bell okay. up in Seattle. Yes. It was kind of a profile on my boy, CJ Proseis, and his off-season training regimen okay. trying to get his body right so that he can be more durable because that has been his main issue coming out of school. Sure. And he had an entirely different schedule this off-season training, getting stronger and Ooh. faster and healthier. Are you telling me? I'm saying – best shape of his life? Oh, well. Are we got a SOH? There wasn't any of that in this <laughs> article. There wasn't any of that in this article. <laughs> but what I'm saying is sometimes you forget these kids coming out of college, it's kind of a whirlwind. They got to train yeah, for the combine, they got absolutely. all these rookie responsibilities they got to do and then they're on the field and you're like, "Oh, well, they're going to have a great year." But now he's in the NFL schedule and he had the entire offseason to like get a routine down and really focus right. on his body. I mean, think about him just moving Right, I mean, people forget about that. Right, that's a so big, big ordeal. Relocating, right. you know what I mean? That's a big ordeal. So, and you can get CJ Procise in the twelfth round right now. I think yeah. he's going to be a beast. Okay, and then uh, my other daily Dap is going to go out to the new Macklemore music video. Yeah, everyone's making fun of me for talking about. <laughs> I
3: wonder what what is the what's the backlash here? Why why are they making fun? Because Macklemore people have a problem
1: with. Why? I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm I don't know either. I'm just generally indifferent to Macklemore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but it's fun. Hey, his new song with. Uh, uh Lil Yachty?
3: No, not Little Yachty. Oh.
1: That's the one I'm talking about. Okay. But. All right. Well But yeah. but so so it's called uh, Marmalade is the name of the song. Little Yachty's Skyline the Gray track. is
3: who I was thinking of. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. gotcha. Love that song. But the music video just came out yesterday, and there's a really fun Marshawn Lynch cameo, and there's some stuff involving Tom Brady, and uh, everyone should watch it because it's just really entertaining. And Macklemore, you'll a have a laugh.
3: Seattle area rapper, correct? Uh, Beast Apparently. Mode, obviously, as we know, uh, it's got some Seattle roots. Apparently, they're boys, yeah. Okay. So there you go. It
2: was it was, it. it was a fun music video. You guys should check it out.
3: Macklemore uh, and Little Yachty, yeah, what sure.
2: a pairing! Why not? Okay. Hey, by the way, real quick. Yeah. Um, Just a fanboy alert, Um, the Packers right now on Twitter are doing an Ask Janice.
4: Oh, yeah. I was following along. So, (laughs)
2: just, you know, for all the fanboys out there, um, you know, the greatest wide receiver of all time is answering your questions. Is he going to get on on Twitter? First
1: question, are you going to play at all this year? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's harsh. No? No? That's harsh. I mean, they got so much depth.
3: Why'd you have to do that? Okay, all right. Um, what I'll give you one. How about this? Uh, uh, the Twitter account hold this beer. <laughs> <The>
4: <laughs> I had Twitter to account, go look at it <laughs> after I saw it on your DAPs. Yes, uh,
3: the Twitter account hold this beer, and uh, it's basically a hold my beer account, and it's people doing absolutely dumb stuff online and, and captured on video, and it's amazing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's it shouldn't make me laugh like this but it makes me laugh. So hold this beer. Is worth a follow on Twitter. They post a bunch of like I don't know. It's like you know. It's like America's funniest home videos. Yeah, it's people doing absolutely stupid stuff
1: involving beer.
4: (laughs) Probably not, but you know, the expression like like, like, hold hold my beer, hold my beer. I go do something stupid. Basically, is what it's riffing on.
3: I will also uh, daily dap my wife. Uh, We celebrated our eighth wedding anniversary. I know I talked about it briefly on Monday, but uh, you know we celebrated. Over this past weekend. Wow, uh, what an
1: achievement. (laughs) (laughs) Eight years.
3: Uh, You know, and and the thing is, too, she has had to put up with my dumb ass for eight years. And and longer, because we dated for five. Wow. So 13 years in this relationship, putting up with my dumb ass.
4: God, your relationship's about to go into high school.
3: (laughs) (laughs) My relationship is older than Matt Harmon, for God's sake. Basically. So, yeah, man, I just, you know, look it's not it's i don't know if you i don't know if people know this not easy living with me <laughs> not easy living at with me at least you're aware of that uh oh i'm very aware of it <laughs> and i have worked on that uh extensively um t- at the behest of my wife but uh but no for her to put up with me for this long uh is i mean she deserves sainthood so um daily daps there uh but uh, but yes so daily daps with my wife hold this beer two totally different you know subject matters but uh
4: great there that's what it's all about. Don't worry, I'm not going to Adam Rank, and uh, tank. <laughs> we're 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 sitting well under our normal uh, our target time threshold. Ooh. So I don't mean, worry, if, I'm not.
2: If you want to just you know, go for the next twenty minutes, or something.
4: I, I could, I could figure. I could think of a t- I think, I could think of a topic that's going to rile James up a little bit, and I'll rant about it for a few minutes. Beautiful. Let him, let him stoke the fire. No. So let me uh, talk about Sunny Dikes. <laughs> 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 my uh, my two daily daps oh. are going to be first and foremost to uh, the international, which is happening right now. It's the biggest uh esports Dota 2 tournament in the world the winning team will take home over 12 million dollars from this What? Tournament. to yes.
1: play video games
4: it's happening right now in Seattle uh, group play is going on right now the main event will be next week uh, so if you're interested in checking it out they do a great job with their production value and covering it covering it they've got a lot of different teams that are very you know smart about the game and and call like um, legit play by play for the the thing so it's very fun and uh, it's a, it's a lot of cool to watch and uh it's a lot of cool to watch. It's very cool to watch. <laughs> yes. And good luck to the American teams there. Hopefully they can, uh, you know, bring bring home our country some glory. 12 in, in, million bucks? For the winning team. What? 12 amazing. million dollars. That is amazing. Uh, and then also, I guess it, I have two video game related things, but Daily dabs to EA Sports for adding... Uh, the women version of sports to uh, first they did it in FIFA and now they're doing it in NBA. So the WNBA oh, awesome. is going to be in uh, the latest like, NBA live game. Oh, okay. it's is really cool. It's something like when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, that makes so much sense. It does. I can't believe that was never in there before. Because like true. girls like to play video games too, and especially the sports. Like now, you know, girls can go in there as, uh, you know, the women's national team, and get Alex Morgan and Sydney LaRue and everybody and go go kick some butt or uh, play the WMB. So I like it. Very very cool. It's just one of those one of those little things. I was like, wow, I can't believe they didn't do that years ago. But awesome. And uh, daily daps to them for doing it now.
3: Nice. I like it. All right. Uh, are we done with daily daps? I think we are. It. Are we getting out of here? We
4: are. Oh god, is that Adam Rank's music? <laughs>
3: oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> For the WizKid from Wisconsin, Alex Gellar. For MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. And the Magical Bear of Fantasy, Matt Franciscovich. I'm James Coe. We're out. See you later.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. but it's actually bingo night.
1: Mini-golf, anyone?
0: It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.